0: Coming up on this week's episode of RSVP.
1: I did an event with the Prime Minister once when it was Boris Johnson and I accidentally got him stuck in a lift. Dehydrated dick, I'm getting that on a t-shirt. I bought my secret Santa a bag of kale
0: it's time for a little rsvp the show full of rants and stories visions and pains and so much more with
1: special guests and fun galore hotels destinations nightmares and dreams confessions and everything in between so sit back
0: relax for a while no whiskey get comfy because it's time
1: for rsvp
0: Today we're joined by Lizzie Eaton, who is the director at Oddity Events and Marketing. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Hi. Hello. So let's launch straight in and uh, start with the first section of our podcast, which is of course rants. What is your rant, Lizzie?
1: My rant is about unreasonable requests at the last minute. Um, so we are working on something at the moment where um, we've got really far down the line with this inquiry for a venue search. And we've been on three site visits, and all going well, about to issue the contracts. Then the most senior stakeholder came on to this final site visit, and then completely changed the brief there and then, when we were like there with the venue. And it was like we had just wasted so many months of work, and it was all just washed away in an instant. Um, Because the internal teams don't talk to each other, and the senior people have the most unreasonable requests. And another example is when um, somebody once asked me at a dinner that they needed to sit directly next to three different people. And I said, well, it's physically impossible for you to do that, so I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm sorry. Do they understand how table plans work?
0: (laughs) I mean, you've only got two sides, haven't you really? Unless someone's sitting on your lap, then I guess you could sit next to them. But that just seems absolutely bonkers. Like, when you explained, did they understand? Yeah,
1: I said, okay. so you tell me how you were going to sit next to three people. They just didn't understand that it was physically impossible. Um, But he was, you know, fairly senior, so I had to sort of figure that one out. He had to choose his favourite person in the end also people not
0: communicating very well internally. Mm. Happens everywhere, doesn't it? Like, Mm -hmm. I think we're all guilty of it sometimes. But I mean, when you have that impossible person and you've got to please them, like you said, it's someone really senior, you just have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you, what do you do? What would you do in that situation? Like, do you have any advice for people on how to, how to get past that?
1: Yeah, I think we need to try and bring in the most senior people really early in the process. On this venue search, it was a bit of a learning curve for us because we were really trying to get that senior person in way earlier but obviously his diary was impossible to manage um, but I think we need to be asking more questions to the people who are down the food chain a little bit to make sure that we're covering all the bases but now we've had that experience we know what the additional questions are that we need to ask so we're only going to get better at it I think
0: absolutely so moving on to our story section and first up we have destination experience, which I'm very excited to hear about. Yeah, my favourite
1: destination experience.
0: <laughs> Was that someone blowing their nose?
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excuse me! Can you shut up please?
1: <laughs> um. I went to Italy in 2019, just before the pandemic, but it was the summer where it was like 40 degrees plus. Um, and I started in Rome and I went to a wedding in Rome and it was stunning. But then we travelled all the way from Rome by train down to Naples and then another train to Sorrento. And it was just the most interesting experience because seeing all these different pockets of Italy just by public transport was just so um, eye opening for me because some parts are, you know, a bit rough and ready and other parts of pretty bougie. So we were traveling through a rough and ready part to the most beautiful part of Italy in Sorrento. Um, the hotel there was incredible. Everything smelled like lemons. I just felt like I was living in a movie the whole time. Um, but then, to just add to the experience, we decided to take a day trip to Positano, which is um, you access via a coach. But if you know about um, the Amalfi Coast, it's very sort of cliffy, hilly, um, sort of very rugged landscape so we had to get there via a coach with like it was like standing room only left on the coach it was packed for the people but we were sort of hurtling through um the sorrento and positano landscape that was had a sheer drop on the side of a cliff and i honestly thought i was going to die there and then and when we got to positano i thought to myself I live here now because i'm never getting back on that coach we had to get the boat back but it was just stunning and the food was amazing and there were cute little markets and it's just i sometimes i look back on it and i think that's probably one of the best weeks of my life i think
0: you know what being stuck in italy if i was going to be stuck anywhere that's where i'd like to be i could just live my best like eat pray love (laughs) life and just eat tons of pasta i would eat all the pizza i would eat all the spaghetti Mm -hmm. i would love to be stuck there personally you must have never wanted to
1: leave You're allowed to eat pasta and pizza every day when you're in Italy, I think. Absolutely, and you never get fat. Mm, I think the calories are free for sure. We'll deal with it later. Exactly, just worry about it
0: later. (laughs) It's okay. Your favourite hotel experience, what is it? Tell us more.
1: So my favourite hotel in all of London is The Standard. I think it is so beautiful and quirky from the outside, Mm -hmm. and the team there is just so um, friendly and great and i've been trying to schmooze my way into getting a free stay there for ages and i finally got a free stay and they upgraded me to the king of kings suite which is so cool and it overlooks the um saint Pancras renaissance hotel which is also cool but it's nice to be inside a quirky hotel looking out at another quirky hotel and it's also
0: where the spice girls filmed wannabe like you know the iconic steps in there so you're literally opposite a place that housed the Spice Girls at one time, which is bloody awesome, especially for me, like being a 90s child, I'm like, oh my God, I love it so much. I loved it.
1: And I loved that I could point at the quirky hotel from the room of the other quirky hotel. (laughs) um, And I just love the decor and all of the, just the environment at The Standard, I think it's so unique. Um, but yeah, I got so carried away with my stay there and I was meant to be going for loads of meetings but I was enjoying it so much that I completely forgot and I think I missed about three meetings back to back because I was just wandering around The Standard that whole day. Um, so not great productively but very nice experientially. Do you like the Spice Girls? Who doesn't like the Spice Girls? Psychopaths. So who's your favourite Spice Girl? Um, I think because I've got ginger hair, it's going to be... Ginger Spice, Um, but Baby also has a fun place in my heart.
0: You know, I like Baby Spice, but i got to say I'm definitely a Ginger fan. I love, I just love people with ginger hair. Mm -hmm. Like I just think they're so vibrant and bold and uh, I mean Ginger Spice was insane, wasn't she? With like her Union Jack dress and her big platforms and she is such a vibe and my personal Um, favourite thing to do is to try and replicate Ginger Spice's audacity and her dress sense every day. (laughs) So i got to
1: say, I think I'm probably more Ginger than Bailey. I like Ginger but I was a bit disappointed with her last year because she, obviously iconic and then on Twitter or somewhere she posted a selfie with herself with um, some like MP or something and I was just like, really Ginger Spice, you're being political now. Not She's sure, letting the brand out. down. That's not what Ginger Spice stands yeah, just for, is it? Keep it chill, Ginger. Keep exactly. it chill. Chill out, Ginger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and last up, we have your favorite food experience.
1: Yeah, so this might be a bit basic of me, but um, a few years ago, when I went to Madrid, but it was the first time I'd ever experienced one of those time-out markets. And I got so carried away, because I love watching people going up to the different um, at the different stalls and choosing what they're going to have. And I couldn't decide. So I was there for maybe like three hours trying all the different things. I must have spent hundreds of euros. I definitely spent like at least 50 euros on one plate of cheese. Um, but it was just a, it was just really cool. And every time I go to a, a sort of European market, I make sure that I go to one of those time out markets because I think they're really cool.
0: You know what? You can never ever have too much cheese. Agreed. If I was going to get like a really good gift, I would say get me a voucher just for cheese. I don't want anything else. I don't want the crackers. I don't want the relish. I don't want the <laughs> grapes. Just yeah, pure well, cheese. Yeah, just pure cheese. Like I uh, I genuinely used to come home from school when I was a child, and I would like eat a block of cheese off a fork. And I know that's disgusting. Iconic. It is <laughs> iconic. Thank you. Yes. You heard it here first.
1: Eating cheese off a fork is iconic. I <laughs> once got hammered and ate a whole block of blue cheese with, uh, accompanied by a whole bottle of red wine to myself and then decided to read a book about Brexit and I think I cried myself to sleep and I had the worst cheese hangover the next day. I've never heard I of a cheese
0: hangover, but it sounds totally worth it.
1: I know, but don't, don't eat blue cheese and feel all European and then read a book about Brexit is my advice. <laughs> Some good advice from you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number one life tip, don't eat blue cheese and read about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: now moving on to the vision section. Mm. So Lizzie, you need to now tell me about your dream event and there are no limits, no holds barred. It can be anywhere, it can have any guests. Go
1: crazy. Okay. I'm a bit torn on this one, Lottie, because, um, as you might be able to tell, my namesake of my business is Oddity, so Space Oddity, I absolutely idolised David Bowie, and when he died, people were texting me as if I'd lost, like, a parent or something. It was a big deal for me, so if I could do any event, he would be involved in some way. Um, but what I really love about my job at the moment is that we we are able to sort of pick and choose some of the events that we do. We work with some really cool clients and we specialise in um, like events that have like a political audience or drive social change or influence public policy. So my dream event would be something that would really impact um, sort of like wider society or like changing some kind of policy for the better. Um, so working with something like um, I don't know, street children or something like that, that would be really, really impactful. Um, that's my dream. I did an event with the Prime Minister once when it was Boris Johnson, and I accidentally oh got him stuck in a lift, um, and <laughs> so um, need to be a bit more mindful of the risks, but yeah, something that was super high profile that would like change policy in some way.
0: Okay, I need to ask the important question, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners will also want to know. Was there no way that you could have kept him stuck in that lift forever?
1: I really tried, Lottie, um, but the security guards were not that fond of me. By the time we have been in there for 10 minutes, I thought I was going to lose my life.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it's like that time where, do you remember when he just like got into a fridge? Yeah. I, I think we need to remember that. And like people don't talk about that enough, how Boris Johnson literally got into a fridge.
1: Yeah, maybe he found a way to get stuck in the lift with me so that he could avoid going and doing the job that I needed him to do. Classic textbook Boris. I mean, to be honest, knowing how many illegitimate
0: children he's got, I would probably guess that there was another reason he was trying to get stuck in the lift with you, but let's move. <laughs> No. <laughs> we're vomiting here, guys. Just so you know, we're vomiting. We're dry heaving. Not a fan of Bojo. <laughs> Moving swiftly on <laughs> from that. <laughs> so. Our final section, Mm. P for pain. (laughs) Um, People often get quite nervous about this because they're like, oh my God, what's that going to be? The good news is it's not your pain, it's someone else's. Brilliant. So I'm going to read you out an anonymous uh, event planner confession Mm -hmm. and you're going to react to it. Dear Charlotte, I am fully aware that what I'm about to tell you makes me a terrible person, but I'm hoping you'll forgive me. I won't. I won't forgive this person. (laughs) December is always a hectic month in our industry. Almost every day, there is a Christmas party or networking event. And with that, in my case, that means a lot of alcohol being consumed. So far, I'm not really shocked. Seems, seems legitimate, yeah. Now, I am aware that lots of people like to blame their actions on being drunk, in air quotes, but I promise I wouldn't have repeated this behavior if I was sober. What's your thoughts on that? I I feel like when people blame stuff on them being drunk, it's so disingenuous because it's like, Mm. you're just being your true self. That's my opinion. In
1: the rawest version. This is going to happen if, you know, eventually. Yeah, exactly. It's like
0: unfiltered you, like anything dickish that you do, <laughs> you, are, you are that dickish. It's just that you just don't have that social filter anymore. Exactly.
1: You're a dick, but also dehydrated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. Dehydrated dick. I'm getting that on a T-shirt. That's going to be my excuse. <laughs> so I was at one of these industry Christmas events, and as it got later into the evening, a smaller group of us kicked on to another bar. A few cocktails later and the numbers began to dwindle. In fact, the whole bar was almost empty. It was just me, an equally intoxicated friend and a mysterious bin bag under the table next to us. A bin bag? Oh God. I feel like this was a nice bar so I'm like, why was there a bin bag under the table? (laughs) Naturally, we decided to look inside the bag and were surprised to find at least 10 Unopened Christmas presents, <gasps> clearly a Secret Santa haul that had been neglected. At this point, sober me would have handed the bag in, but drunk me, with my friend acting as an accessory to the crime, stole the bag to get back to our hotel and decided to open all the presents.
1: That is so Grinchy. Mm, have a day off, anonymous confession person. <laughs> you would have totally taken the bag sober. It 100%. Literally. I
0: yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. This is just, I'm calling massive bullshit on this. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. The standard was very typical of secret Santa presents, but we decided to share them out and take them for ourselves, including the dutifully wrapped dog toys that I decided to take for my puppy. I know this makes me the Grinch who stole Christmas, but if it's any consolation, they have become my puppy's favourite toys happy for the puppy. I've got the most lovely images of like a really happy little dog with all these toys but also that means another puppy missed out and that breaks my heart.
1: I feel like the person who left it was either a drunker than anonymous confession person and so should have known better to leave their bag of toys. Um, But anything that involves dogs uh, it's already a happy story so it's fine. That's oh, what are worried about? That's a bold claim. I love that. Everybody, Lizzie endorses
0: stealing Secret Santa dog toys. Four dogs. <laughs> you heard it here. Four dogs, only the dog ones. I'm gonna say that, yes, I mean I don't I don't agree that they should have stolen it, but I do think the real person at fault here is the moron who left the entire bag of Secret Santa yeah. gifts, which means the entire office party didn't get a Secret Santa. And I mean, we know how much we always love those gifts. You know, like, what what are those people going to do without their mug or their socks or, I don't know, their novelty uh, bottle opener? They're going to be gutted.
1: I bought my Secret Santa a bag of kale for her present. So I don't think um, I have any comments on Secret Santa. So this person you bought kale for, do you like them? Yeah, they're one of my employees. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All I'm going to say is... I I
0: would. She loves kale. Who? (laughs) Really? Who loves kale that much? All I'm going to say is, I would hate to see what you would get an employee that you genuinely hated.
1: (laughs) I don't hate any of my employees. (laughs) I have to say that though, don't I?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being our guest, Lizzie. It's been so fun chatting
1: to you. Thanks for having me.